It's Beeless Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network on a Friday. Fridays now, it's time for, we call them White House Fridays now. Not like the Dallas Cowboys White House Fridays. Those are entirely different. Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal joins us on the phone. Good morning, Randy. Good morning. Beautiful day today. This is, uh, this is much better than what we've been having. Yeah, Ooh. this this seems this seems somewhat tolerable, which is Absolutely. nice. I'm really Absolutely. really excited for that. Hey, um, did you know Mookie Betts hit for the cycle last night? I was unaware. I wanted to make sure you knew because Mookie Betts hit for the cycle last night. The Red Sox lost, but no one cares because Mookie Betts hit for the cycle. Yeah, you know, I'd be a hypocrite if I was, you know, all, hey, Mookie, yeah, how great was that? He hit for the cycle. I'm, I'm the guy who always points out anytime anybody talks about Jordan scoring 63 against the, the Celtics in the playoffs, I'm the one who always points out that he lost, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take the win over Mookie in for the cycle. It's great as great as he's been, as great as the season's been, as much as I like him getting that sort of individual recognition, I, I'll take a, a win over that any day. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really, it was really weird to me when I saw that. I don't think I've ever seen Red Sox Nation poo-poo a loss like that in my life. Like, they do like have 81 uh, wins. That's not the good thing. Yeah, that. but still, like, yeah. completely, like, <laughs> Hey, Randy, who's your MVP for the Red Sox? Uh, that's a great question, Dave. I mean, you can you can make an equally strong case for, for Betts and, and Martinez. Um, you know, Mookie has a big edge because of what he contributes defensively. But, you know, I, I keep hearing stories about you know, how Martinez has, you know, changed the approach and changed the philosophy of a lot of the, the guys in the Red Sox lineup, and it's obviously been for the better, and just his mere presence in the lineup uh, is, uh, you know, made such a huge difference. I mean, if he can chase Mookie down and win the Triple Crown, you know, I don't care what the, uh, the Sabermetricians have to say, it, that's a pretty big deal, and I think you would have to consider him the MVP, um, you know, I'm, I'm afraid that they're both going to kind of split the votes, and you know, I'm sure you know probably Aaron Judge will win it or something. But you know, I, I I would give it to Martinez just because of his overall impact on on the team. But I can't I can't tell anybody that picks Mookie. They're crazy. I uh, I got to tell you, I think Aaron Judge has just won the MVP award just based on how the Yankees have looked since he's been out. You know what I mean? Like, to me, they oh, should yeah, just send yeah. it to him. Like, here you go. You just proved it. Because, yeah. you know, the Red Sox were without bets for a while. And they didn't really seem to slow him down. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. I, you know, Yankee fans went to deep mourning when he got hurt. And, uh, you know, I can certainly see why right now. Well, uh, I, you know, the sa- it's funny to me, though, Randy, that these same folks that were that were going off on Yankees fans for being sad, like, Twitter wasn't quite as strong when when Tom Brady broke his, uh, turned his uh, tore his ACL, but I feel pretty doggone strongly that the tributes would have been pouring out at that time if anything had happened to Tom Brady, and, oh, yeah. it, and it would not have been thought about twice. You know what yeah. I mean? Like easily, easily. You're absolutely right. I mean, did you see that birthday cake they gave him for really? God's sake? Yeah, I mean that was monstrous. 
monstrous. Manny might a, have eaten a piece of that. I don't know. Oh yeah, I, I, you know, I might have had to. Myself. Oh, by the way, there's uh, donuts from Labadee's were brought this morning. I know you're oh. not eating them. Um, they're 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 no. they're right out there. So oh. if I'm, Jim wants no, any, I'm or, in downtown Worcester. I was just thinking I should have come into the hey, studio. Oh, you should. Right yeah, now. you absolutely should have. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, I mean, if you need to just, you know, slide over here later, we're here till noon. Hey, by Sorry. the way, he's really classing this show up. Sabermetricians? Sabermetricians. Is that yeah. really a word uh, there, Randy, or what? Does that they, mean? They, they've got a... I, I have become less and less tolerant of them over the years. I, <laughs> I try to be open-minded about, you know, all the, the saber, sabermetrics and all, all the, the new way of thinking of, of looking at players and evaluating players and so forth. Uh, but, you know, the ones who are slaves to war and, and want to give Mike Trout the MVP every single year because he has the most war, I, I don't have any patience for it. There's no point in having any kind of discussion with them because they're totally relying on, on the numbers. And what fun is baseball if you can't debate and talk about, you know, even the most abstract things, I, I, you know, I don't have any use for for that stuff, and I, I wish Bill James really, honestly, had never been born. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be a little more succinct on that? I, uh, I, I know a lot right of people. I know a lot of people that feel the same way about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it can. You know, I think it's a useful tool, but it's oh, yeah. a tool. It's not the be all end all of evaluating players and, and teams. I know, mean, stars. scouts are losing jobs left and right. The the Mariners just fired ten more. Just yeah. whoop. how are you supposed to find out information on the game now? It, it, like. It's like reporters, journalists. I mean, that was some of the honestly. That to me is the perk of having your your Absolutely. your media pass to go down to Hadlock Field because there are scouts there all the time, from yeah. all sorts of teams, and they will talk. They will talk to you because you're not just gonna like report their name. You're gonna say scouts because it's just yeah. it's just an accepted part of the world. They're scouts. They're scouting about baseball, right? Like yeah. you know. Yeah, and the sad thing is, analytics are taking over other sports too. Like. You know, basketball has become a big thing lately, obviously, and uh, not so much football, uh, but I'm sure, you know... That Hockey's that, getting there. Hockey's getting there, too, yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I welcome having no, you know, any any extra tools of evaluation, but when you start using them to, to take precedent all, all over, you know, other stats and, and things that we see with our own eyes. I just, I, I'm not going for that. I'm not playing along. You know, even in Francona's book, I don't know. I'm sure you haven't read it, Maddie, but I have. Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was first right, in line right to buy that, that one. Yeah. And um, uh, he talked about that—the conflict between using it as a tool versus, you know, people coming down to his office saying, "You, you, you've got to use this. You've got the. I expect so and so, and you know." And he kept saying, "No, you know, those are a nice tool, but I, I got to get a feel for my team, yeah. and uh, absolutely, and and what, how to use them." And no that's question a, about that. That's a question that I have with with Boone, uh, Aaron Boone. How overrun is he <laughs> by there? You know, people upstairs giving him all these data sheets and everything. Please don't bring up his name, oh, well, Matty. Are you ready? Okay, you did it. You poked the bear. The bear <laughs> is poked. So this is my rant. I wonder if he has any uh, enough of a <clears throat> sack, if you will, 
to tell them sometimes that Shane Robinson doesn't need to be playing right damn field, okay? Maybe, hey, Brian, um, not tonight. I, I'm not feeling Sugar Shane Robinson in right field. Like, that That to me is kind of my thought there. Now, last night, Glaber Torres had the day off. What the hell does Glaber Torres need a day off for? What? What possible reason does Glaber Torres need a day off for? The answer is none. He does not need a day off. Well, the other teams are doing it. I got to do it. They have days off. They're built into the schedule. It's not like you're going into a stretch where you're going to play 23 games in a row. Like, yeah, enough already. Well, they, they, they've got the whole month of August off with that schedule, so I, you know, I wouldn't freak out too much. Well, luckily, they're actually taking advantage of it somewhat, but my God, they're doing it in a challenging way. Like, even a 7-3 to game last night was a freaking tight walk rope, you know? Like... Chapman looked like, uh, honest to God, Chapman last night looked like uh, Kurt Schilling coming off the mound in game six against the Yankees. Like, just, uh, you know, a little sore, a little lame, just a little odd. Like, he just looked miserable coming off the run. Like, he looked like me after riding around for a few hours. On a, I had a trip last year, and I had, like, the worst, like, lower back injury ever. And it's like, ugh, and you can barely move. Like, that's what he looked like coming off the mound last night. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's great. That's nice. That's good to, that's good. Maybe put yeah, him on something. You would think a guy, a guy like Boone, you know, with, with the pedigree that he has, you know. Which is none. Well, no. He hit a home run off of Tim Wakefield. What else has he done? Outside of work play, playing second banana fiddle to Jess Mendoza. He, he comes from a baseball family, right. okay? He's, he's three generations, or gener- I don't even know how many generations of Boone. Roger Daniel, Clinton comes from Daniel a presidential family. I'm not making him president. <laughs> <laughs> but you would think, you know, he, like you said, he would have a little bit of smack and, you know, a little bit of that old school baseball in him and, and would tell him to, you know, at least occasionally take those numbers and, and stick them, you know, Steinbrenner's sarcophagus or something. I I feel like that was part of the reason he took the gig because he was like, oh no, I love your analytics, Master Cash. I think that's great. Like, I really, I. What I want to know is who actually makes that lineup every day. Is it really the manager, or yeah. is there is there a morning email and and Pakoda or Carmelo or whatever the hell they call this 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 system back there? Hal, whatever the hell the thing is, and I'm not talking Hal Steinbrenner. I'm talking Hal from like 2001: A Space Odyssey. Like you know, what is that? What it is? Like you get that in there, and you're like, oh, you got to punch us in. These are the guys. Maybe maybe they let them pick the lineup spots. I mean, I don't really know. Like, I, it just it makes no sense to me. Uh, you mentioned Picota and Carmelo. I think of you know Bill Picota and Carmelo Martinez, two uh, two stalwarts <laughs> in my in every uh, pack of baseball cards that I opened back in the late eighties. You know? Uh Bill Picota, man. So, so did, did you watch uh, any of the Patriots last night? Uh, not really, no. I, I was at the office, so I didn't really get a chance to, to, to watch. I don't know if I really would have watched that much, especially with, with Hoyer running the offense. But I don't like what I heard about, you know, the defense getting caught. Most of their starters out there, uh, you know, to start the game and, what, Colt McCoy, you know, looks like, uh, you know, Tom Brady uh, on the field from, from the sounds of it. Uh, but, you know, it's early and all that, and I'm sure, you know, they were very vanilla on defense and everything. But, uh, you know, I, the offensive struggles are no surprise, given who they were playing. 
Um, you know, I just hope everybody comes out of out of preseason healthy, and you know, especially in the spots where they're vulnerable in terms of depth, like wide receiver, like linebacker. They can't afford to lose anybody at those positions, and I'm you know, I'm hoping that that week one they have everybody. Uh, everybody ready to go because, I mean, we know by the end of the season they're bound to lose some people. So until we start off with, with everybody uh, ready to, to report for duty. Yeah, I've been, I was concerned the 49ers lost their starting running back and their starting cor- uh, uh, tight end last night. So I'm uh, I'm a little... Uh, oh, Jimmy G's... Uh, yeah. He's a closet he's like San Francisco Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it, my boy Jimmy G's going to have to gonna have to do his thing by the way apparently there was a defective football last night between I pittsburgh and philadelphia deflated there was a defective football it was removed from play and it will be sent back to wilson for review like, what why are they sending it back to wilson for review are they checking for defects did they, did they give tom brady that courtesy to check no. those footballs for defects no not at all not at all isn't that amazing to me? Uh, you know, I mean, it was clear pretty much from the beginning that, that it wasn't about football. It was about the Patriots. Uh, you know, I don't even think it was so much about Brady until he, you know, started, you know, chopping up his cell phones and stuff and started defying the commissioner. I thought at first it was uh, trying to get Belichick and trying to get the Patriots. Uh, and Brady just kind of got caught up in it. Um, but you know the fact that they're not going to go after the Steelers and you know their tripping coach and and uh, all the crap that they've pulled in their history doesn't surprise me because the Roonies are, are old NFL blood. Oh, they didn't and, go after uh, the Giants either. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Giants are the pet. The Giants are the pet of the NFL, and they will never face any kind of what. What happened to Eli Manning? What you know? What's what's the deal with his? Uh, his memorabilia scandal. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, Eli Manning memory. Let's take a look at that, shall we? How did that all work out? It was, uh, let's see. We got to do that. You do that. There was a settlement reached. Yes, there was a settlement <laughs> reach on May 15th, actually. Um, Three sports memorabilia collectors who accused the Giants uh, quarterback Eli Manning of providing bogus game-worn equipment. That was sold to unsuspecting fans settled their lawsuit against the Super Bowl winning quarterback on Monday, days before the case was scheduled to go to trial. Mm. Details were not given. That doesn't look shady at all. No, heck yeah. no. That doesn't look shady at all. So what happened? Do we do we get him some Peyton Manning used gear to make it up? Like you know what happens here? I don't know. Uh, did you guys in the action that you saw yesterday was the. Uh was the helmet rule any kind of a factor? I mean, what, what did you guys do with that? I didn't really see much on that helmet rule. I'm t- I, no. I, I'm telling you that helmet rule will not air, uh, rear its ugly head until a big game. It will either be against the Patriots or for the Patriots, but you know somehow it will involve the Patriots, no. and they're either going to lose a game because of it or win a game because of it, and either way, all hell will break yeah. loose. Yeah. Probably more so if they win the game, because when... They win the game because of a crappy rule that the NFL has bungled, i.e. like the Austin Safarian Jenkins thing last year or the tuck rule or anything else. That rule immediately gets changed in the offseason. Des Bryant, the Dallas Cowboys, nobody hates the Dallas Cowboys more than I do. 
but they were completely screwed by that call in the playoffs against the Packers three years ago, okay? And they didn't bother changing that rule until last year when the Steelers lost a game because of the rule. Like, that's it. Because they lost that game to the Patriots, and then there was enough of an outroar, and then they ended up changing the rule before the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. The week of the Super Bowl. Like, give me uh, a break. Yeah. My my hope is, and, and you know, it's, I'm not really holding that much hope for it, is that, you know, this this is like, you know, remember how every year the Major League Baseball would have some point of emphasis or say that they're going to enforce the strike zone as written yeah. more or, you know, some other thing, some other new rule or new interpretation that they had and they would, you know, be sticklers about it in spring training and maybe the first couple weeks or the first month of the regular season. And then by the end of it, you know, by, by you know, the second month of the regular season, everyone will have forgotten about it. That's that's my only hope with this is that it's a preseason thing. It's something that, you know, over the course of a couple, three weeks, they're going to see that, you know, they, this can't sustain itself. They can't have broadcast football games with, with this kind of role and these many flags that are going to occur. And they'll finally just say, oh, you know, we can't do this. Uh but, you know, it's the NFL, and I don't really see them having that kind of thought process. If anything, they'll double down and make it worse. Of course, yeah. right? I mean, that's 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 what they do. That's what they do. That's what they've done with this anthem thing. This anthem yeah. thing is still being talked about. Oh yeah, it's still yeah. being talked about, and they have such a poor relationship with their union. They couldn't have figured this out already. Like, there's no way if it's if you are so concerned about it hurting your league then you need to fix it, and you need to fix it now. Like, period. End of discussion. Get it done and move on. Instead, it's going to trickle through. Everything I've seen so far from last night, national national sports-wise, you know, outside of your fantasy people and your people that are doing everything else, it's how many people stood for the anthem. There were four guys from Jacksonville last night that didn't come out of the locker room for the anthem. And now that's a question. It's yeah. all now you've you've you and just, the president tweeted this morning. Yeah, yeah about you've it. Co- you've <laughs> continually made more. But what did, what did he say about it? Anything? He said uh, they should uh, not be paid if they don't uh, stand for the okay. anthem. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. Of course, among, he's gonna, among other things. Right. Of course, I know it's it's shocking, right. but it's just it's silly. It's 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 just it's abject silliness because I, they I, won't fix it. Want, I want the president to keep tweeting about Space Force. Anything that interrupts that is, is just a waste of time. I, yeah, to me, I it's all about Space Force. Space Force. Did you see that? Yeah. We don't, we don't talk politics I like, on I, yet, I just like, no. I like the yeah. fact that I want a T-shirt. It's a Space Force. You know what I mean? Did you like, see the nice... Somebody tweeted, if you wear this T-shirt, you'll never have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ever. Ever, never, ever. Probably not. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal joining us. Randy, you had a great article on Isaiah Harris uh, in today's paper. Uh, let's talk a little bit about him and what's going on with his career and then kind of what's next for him. Well, thank you for the compliment. Well, you're welcome. That. It's so rare from you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had a chance to sit down with, uh, with Isaiah earlier in the week, and uh, it was great. It was the first time I really even talked with him for... Well, since he went to Penn State, I think uh, it's, it's been a while, and uh, you know, it's been it was great to see just you know how far he's come as, as a young man, and, and uh, you know, as an athlete, I mean, he's, he's reaching heights of, of so few people that that we see in this area. Um, you know, of course, everyone knows that he won his 
national NCAA title in, in the 800 uh, this spring, and a short time later decided to turn pro. Uh, you know, we talked about that. He said, you know, it was kind of in the back of his mind uh, over the course of the season. He didn't want it to, to become in the forefront of his mind. Didn't want it to be a primary uh, motivator of his, uh, but something that, that certainly he had been kind of thinking about. And getting that national title was was kind of the last uh, last piece that he needed. Because in track and field, you, you need to kind of strike when, while the iron is hot if you're going to turn pro because that's the way you're going to attract someone like, you know, a company like Nike to back you. Uh, you, you can't do much better than that, uh, getting Nike to back you as, as, a, as a track and field athlete. And uh, Isaiah was given a, a great opportunity to, to have them sponsor him uh, while he was still able to uh, continue his schooling at, at Penn State this, this fall. He has one one year left to uh, his kinesiology degree. Uh, he's still able to work with uh, John Gondek, who was his head coach at, at Penn State. He's still able to work with him, so that's a big help. Uh, he's still able to use the facilities and, and uh, take advantage of uh, you know, trainers and so forth there on campus. Uh, so that, that was big for him. Uh, you know, now he's, he's home after uh, you know, having a pretty good pro debut. Uh, you know, he jumped from college to the pros uh, in track and field, and, and that's uh, in a lot of ways uh, even a bigger jump than it is in other sports that we think of guys uh, jumping from amateur to professional status. And uh, he did pretty well in, in you know a couple of well, three events, uh, USA track and field championships, and then had a couple of uh, Diamond League events over in uh, Paris and Barcelona. And uh, he's home now, and he's resting up and hanging out with his friends. Really, the first break that he's had in about a year. And uh, he's <laughs> the, the advantage that he has, another advantage that he has in turning pro now, is the, uh, the world championships in track and field are, are so late uh, next next year uh, in, in September in Qatar. Uh, so he can have kind of a slow buildup uh, to that. That's obviously the, the target for this year. Take a slow build up towards that. He's going to run in, I guess, about three events in the indoor track season, including the Melrose Games, which is kind of the most prestigious event in indoor track. Uh, and then he's going to amp it up for the outdoor season and, and uh, compete a little more frequently uh, to get ready for world championships. So uh, he, he seems to be in, in a really good place now. He heads back to Penn State for classes in a couple, well, a little less than two weeks. And, uh, you know, I guess when he gets back, he's got a whole bunch of gear and, and swag from uh, Nike waiting for him uh, <laughs> on campus, which uh, I'm sure he's, ex- I know he's excited about. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's in a great situation. And anybody that's, that's known him, and a lot of people here in Lewiston have known him and have helped him along the way. Uh, you know, they couldn't be happier for him, and it couldn't help him happen to a, a better guy. And, uh, you know, I, I have no, no doubt that, that he's going to be uh, a, a huge factor in, in, uh, in the 800. Probably come, come the Olympics, next Olympics, I, I think we could very well see Isaiah Harris competing, if not on the podium. 
I was just thinking that. That's that's exactly what I was what I was thinking. That's kind of the, to me, that's when your your track and field stuff really starts to hit home for folks when when they start to see them in the Olympics. You know. Yeah, you don't you don't want to underestimate them. I mean, that's the one thing I've learned from talking to his coaches, especially. Uh, you know, you, you think he's a kid who either doesn't have much experience uh, in running, as, as T.J. Niles was telling me about in today's article, or just you know, a kid who came from Maine, which obviously isn't a track and field hotbed per se. Although we, you know, we've had a few pretty good track and field athletes come through here in recent years. But, you know, it's not California or Texas or something like that. Uh, you know, you just, you just keep succeeding everyone's expectations, and I see no reason that that's going to stop uh, in the near future. His name is Randy Whitehouse. He's with the Sun Journal. You can read him at thesunjournal.com. You can pick up a copy of the paper somewhere where you pick up papers. Maybe get a subscription. Who knows? Uh, you can also follow him on Twitter, rawmaterial 33 Randy, as always, thank you very much, um, and we'll talk to you in two Fridays because we're off next week. All right, gentlemen, I'll be uh, right at, coming right up to high school, see high school football. You have all the rumors ready to go. You got all the rumors ready to go. <laughs> all that stuff. All right, man, thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care. That is Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. He joins us every Friday here on the B-List. Oak Hill Athletic Director Jim Palmer is in the studio with us. Uh, we will have the folks from the Dan K Show coming up to talk about the USPHL uh, the league the Twin City Thunder is in in just a little bit. It's Belis Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR radio network. <laughs> <laughs>